It's the greatest thing we've ever done. The Dippin' Squad. We have no biblical <laughs> training whatsoever. I used to smoke whole chickens all the time. <laughs> Joe is perfect. Jesus is my homeboy. We looked ridiculous. Pretty significantly sized person. <laughs> Mate, you want to slurp us out of here? We would be the worst employees. We would be. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're pastors. <laughs> Welcome into another episode of the Desperate Pastor Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Whether you're driving down the road or sitting in a hammock. Hammocks are nice, by the way. It's hammock. Hammock. I was, <laughs> was going to say sitting on a toilet. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's for social media or games. Uh, that's it. Until huh? your legs go numb. No, like You don't listen to a podcast sitting on a toilet. Oh, no. You play you a game or you're on social media. No, yeah. Um, Sitting on the toilet. I also had never really experienced the whole like your legs fall asleep thing. What? Until we moved oh, into this house. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like all the, maybe all the other toilets I've sat on, but I've never experienced that. And then this house. That's crazy. It's like uh, 10 minutes in. I'm a child now, right? And I can't feel my legs. <laughs> you're, it's called hiding. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but oh, welcome yeah, in. True. It is uh, episode six of season two. Uh, I got confused because uh, Deb was talking about, oh, I was listening, she was yesterday listening to episode four, and I was like, episode four? And she's like, well, it's season two. So, oh. Yeah. She's got to let you know. Well, meaning like we were having a conversation about it, and then just, you know, this whole new episode season thing, you know. But it is episode six of season two, <laughs> as always. What's that? In your mind, it's like episode 30-something. Whatever it is. Whatever. We'll have to go back and say, no, it doesn't matter. No. Uh, follow us on social media. You can email us at me at DesperatePastor.com. You can also go to Anchor.fm. You can find us there. I think it's Desperate-Pastor, I think. I'm trying to get that changed to just Desperate Pastor. But uh, you can leave us a voicemail at Desperate Pastor, and that's... Uh, we're going to do that right now because uh, now we're not going to leave a voicemail. We're going to play a voicemail because after the last episode, we talked about this question. If you were responsible for choosing whether the world would have bagels or donuts, we went into this discussion about bagels Always. and uh, how, you know, we should have blueberry bagels. And I said, like this flavored cream cheese. And then we had a, a voicemail uh, after that episode. And uh, it's important that we play this uh, from Vinny Bag of Donuts. Uh, left us what? a voicemail. Somehow I think this is going to be Joe. No, it's definitely not Doing me. A bit. Definitely not me. So here's a voicemail from Vinny Bagadonuts. If it loads, there it is. Hey, you guys, next time you decide to talk about bagels, don't. When you do it, it hurts my ears with your blueberry bagels <laughs> and the blueberry cream cheese. Everybody knows the only way to eat a bagel is with some gabagool and a little mozzarella. You know what I'm talking about? So the next time you do it, we're going to play a game called Trunk or Treat. That's where you get me a treat of a bagel from Staten Island. 
paper, I throw you in the trunk. <laughs> you wouldn't know a bagel from a baguette. <laughs> That's Dave. Oh, man. No, no, no. It's Vinny Bag of Donuts. No, Vinny. it's oh, yeah. not. I, How I dare you threaten me? <laughs> it's funny, though. It says Vinny Bag of Dough Butts. <laughs> <laughs> the B is actually, a D is actually a B on there. That's uh, really funny. Thanks, love, Vinny. Vinny Bag of uh, Dough Butts. I love Dave. Yeah. I don't know, but for my money, there's no better bagel made in all the world than by Thomas's Bakery. So there you go, Vinny. With all the uh, nooks and crannies. Oh, wait, but that's it. Yeah. Oh, that's an English. But I cut a hole in the English muffin. Same thing. <laughs> Same. Just as good as a bagel from New York City. <laughs> Easily. I see the stick that you're poking, uh, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poke, poke. Yeah. I mean, it's, Vinny. Vinny. They say it's in the water. <laughs> Like something in the water over there. That's called parasites. Okay. It doesn't make it taste good. It just gives you belly problems. Well, our next voicemail will be from Mike in Dave's trunk. <laughs> hey, guys. Help me. Guys. <laughs> I only have a second. <laughs> we went over a couple of railroad tracks. I don't know where I am. Well, the key is, I watched, if you watched Psych, you would know this. Uh, you, you kick out one of the, the uh, taillights so you can see where you're going, like where you're coming from. You, you forcefully kick out a taillight. That's a, that's a key. I don't. Okay. That way I you have can. to remember that. But then you could also just grab the glow in the dark <laughs> handle. Yeah. So in in my mind, he was putting me not in the trunk of a car, but actually in a. Oh, of trunk. Your trunk. Oh, oh. I knew you were gonna say that. Too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like a Footlocker, you're thinking. Yeah. Like that. Sure. Kind of. <laughs> Footlocker. Definitely. Not the would. store. That's what those are called, aren't they? Footlockers? You no, know, he's putting them in a treasure chest. Aww. Surprise! Aww. Or a cake. We can put you in a cake and you can pop out. A coffin. Let's a be coffin. real. <laughs> all right, so here's the, here's the questions for today, just to kind of bring us all in. There's one food question, but there's a Star Wars question. Love How about food. this? Oh, a Star Wars question. Uh, would you rather have to talk like Yoda... <laughs> or breathe like Darth Vader for the rest of your life. I already breathe like Darth Vader, so let's just keep on going with that. Mm. <laughs> I, would do, I would take the breathing thing, too, because my daughter said that the other night. She's like, why are you breathing so I mean, we're just watching TV. <laughs> like She was sitting there, and she's like, are you okay? Oh my goodness. And I'm like, what do you mean breathe? I'm not breathing heavy. <laughs> Breathing heavy. <laughs> Can you imagine preaching like either of those though? <laughs> I would pay to see somebody preach like <laughs> Can you imagine? I think I, if I, I don't, could preach like one, I would pick Yoda. <laughs> yeah, I would think so, because it would be very wise, but also juxtapositioned often. Because he'll say things that are all out of order, but say it, you know. Happy makes are, people you. listen. Because yeah. I would probably go crazy with Darth Vader, the <sighs> I've heard some people preach like that into their microphone. <laughs> Listen, I've, have you ever done that thing where you somehow, for whatever reason, you do accidentally get out of breath? Like you talk too long, like yes. you say this long run on, yeah. but then you're like, you don't take the 10 seconds it would take to really gain your breath. And so it takes like three minutes oh, yeah. to yes. slowly get yourself back to where you're kind of like, okay, in your head, you're speaking, but you're thinking, where can I get a quick breath here? Okay. And, uh, yeah. it was just, uh, uh just did Jesus, he was walking by that's right the there. Crowd. Okay. Forget it. In college right there. That's how I would speak. Cause I get so nervous oh, yeah. and I wouldn't be able to breathe. And I would speak just like that. And yeah, nobody ever had the heart to tell me just stop and breathe. Yeah. I, w- 
was the opposite. I was thinking, I was thinking of like the, one of the like the ultimate first time I ever taught. But like even beyond that, like I was the king of awkward pauses, <laughs> like to the point where like everyone probably was like, "Say something." Yeah, please, please break the silence. Yeah. I remember when I was a youth leader for Joe, I'd be looking out there like, save me. Like, don't say it, but, like just say something. Yeah. No. You know, I couldn't even do that thing. Like, he's like, I think maybe what they were saying, or Mike, maybe what you meant to say, none of that. Just sit there and just sit there and let crickets. You, just let, let it burn. Die. Let me die. You're better for it today. <laughs> now yeah. I can't shut up. Yeah. That's really funny. Also, it's actually my fault. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, everybody. Uh, on the other side of that food question, crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Crunchy or smooth? Crunchy. Even though we only buy smooth. Oh, that's weird. I'm a smooth peanut I'm, butter. I'm smooth. I, I don't mind crunchy, but if I was picking one. Yeah. I like, I don't know, I like What's your texture. brand? What's your go-to? Is, do you have like, it has to be a certain. I'm not picky, actually. Yeah. There's a couple that are like low end that I. <laughs> Who are you going to call out? I'm not calling anyone out. <laughs> but like I wouldn't, that I would not prefer, but Why I not? still wouldn't be like, Who? I'm not eating it. What is it? One brand you Clover Valley. Oh, what? I don't, know. I don't know what that is. Is it? Is it a? Thing? Oh, it's a store brand for yeah. uh, is it Dollar General. Dollar General. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It showed up at our house a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. But the but I mean, growing up, we were Jif. That's what we are, yeah. and we're still Jif. But my wife likes like the all natural, low sodium one. Yeah. You, know, you know you can take if you have a food processor. I have an, like a ninja, like a oh blend. yeah, and blend you just the put peanuts. peanuts in there yeah. and just blend it, and it just turns into peanut butter with Sorry. oil. No. Well, it tastes better with oil. Wow. It tastes a little bit better with a little bit. Um, Whatever. What about the goober stuff? Did you grow up with that? No, oh. I wasn't a fan of that at goober all. Goober stuff? It's the it. jelly and loved the peanut it. butter. Yeah. Right. Peanut butter and jelly together in the same jar? No? I mean, I, I Have you eat, never heard of it? I could eat that. Yeah, they, they have it at the store still. I mean, it's, it's still just there. like in the jar. You see like it's like a vertical band of peanut butter than jelly. Then yeah. Just give me a spoon. It, yeah. For well, real. I'm that way with peanut butter. Yeah, me too. Without the jelly. That's why I like it butter. crunchy. I just walk by a big yeah, little spoonful and why not just eat peanuts at that point? Because they're not as creamy. It's not Come as on, creamy. dude. In your mouth, they become. No. It's not the same. No. no. I am not a blender. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to clip that one. Thank you very much for clarifying that. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't feel good about today's episode. It's because allergies are all out of whack, and, I, and I'm like, I feel like maybe the Benadryl is yeah. making me a little slap happy. Yeah. yeah, I had a bunch of coffee before I got here. Now I have more. He's like, I'm all hopped up on caffeine. I am. <laughs> Literally, I'm not a blender. And he just wants you to know that he's not a blender. But I mean, mm-hmm. but technically, to Joe, I mean, like, you are. Like you know. We don't swallow peanuts whole. <laughs> but more of a masher, maybe. Yeah. So I usually put a quarter teaspoon of oil in my mouth, then I eat a couple yeah. peanuts. Can you imagine? Them into uh, I just handful and a little <laughs> swig of that olive oil. Mm. Uh, mm. Now I want peanut butter. I yeah, do. Do you love yeah. peanut butter? That's like a staple in our house. Yeah. It's peanut butter and jelly. Same. So good. So do you good. toast? Do you toast your bread? It varies. No, but I've done that. Like the campfire, those pies. I like a peanut yeah. butter and jelly. Mountain pie. Hobo pie. Hobo pies. But we call them mountain pies because we're not as jerky as you, obviously. (laughs) Um, We don't discriminate. (laughs) Uh, Air guitar or or air drums? Air guitar or air drums? 
Oh, what, like which one would I play? Yeah. Or, oh, drums. I said, well, well I told on Sunday we did this one. I said there's only one song that you really do the air drums to. No, I mean you do. You tap on stuff for other other songs. Phil but, Collins. Yeah. You, in the air. You know tonight. that song? I know that little bit only <clears throat> from TikTok. Yeah, and uh, when people are like, slamming drawing, the cabinets yeah, and the all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Baker Mayfield has the best one. I didn't see it. It was from last year, or maybe two years ago. They're playing it in the stadium, and they have a short video oh, of him, I mean, and he like yeah, I did see that. It perfectly. Yeah. I thought you were talking about he's closing cabinet doors. They play that at the local high school. Okay. During the pregame, yeah. Uh, the the team that I'm with, I'm out on the field with them, I'm part of the coaching staff, and they all do it. Like every kid yeah. on the team, see? no matter what, they're running through like. Team offense, and then they like they're like here it comes <laughs> they all they all air drum that out, but I I'm air drum all the time. Have you ever or seen I play on the dash an air guitar like competition like a real one? Yeah, it's hilarious. I just I'm thinking like I don't think we could be friends. Yeah, <laughs> like you're way too into yeah. this. Well, I'm I'm signed up for one this weekend. <laughs> we so. can't be friends. Yeah, those people are there about it, and, yeah. and it's like they have it locked down. Yeah. So the question I always think is like, can they actually play guitar? No. No Probably way. Probably not. No way. They know how to look like they play guitar. Maybe a little uh, band I, hero, I think guitar you, hero. I think you need to do a little research before no. you throw that judgment. Up. I I will I will stand by my uneducated, uninformed opinion because I've seen the people that air guitar. So. Wow, that's a show killer. <laughs> All of our air guitarists, professional air guitarists, are now unsubscribing. <laughs> They're like, no, oh, forget it. Wait a minute, who listens? We got Larry. I'd like to see him air guitar. You know, an air bass solo. That'd be kind of nice. No, it wouldn't. Yeah. I think about that. Yeah. Oh, how dare you? If you could see Larry, as someone who appreciates the bass as well, he just an made. An air bass no. Yeah, no. yeah. First of all, sense. I think church music needs more bass solos in it. This I think I could have used more cowbell. You can throw that in with the bass, but it's an overlooked instrument. Not last Sunday at our church. Man, it was like, it was really good because yeah. the people need to feel it. Yeah. They need yeah. to feel the Holy Spirit. That's how you feel I it. I like it when I feel it. I love bass. I love can't it. feel it in my feet. Like when I'm on the platform, it doesn't count. Yeah. And you need it. So quit, quit it. I see no, it. I no. see it in your eyes. I have I no problem with, with bass. Oh. I'm talking about, you said air bass. Can, can you imagine that would be the most unanimated competition? No, you don't Come know. on. No, Larry's you're pretty thinking animated. Of, you're, thinking of, you're thinking of church music. Yeah, that's true. I'm talking the all-time greats, okay. like Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers and people like that. that of course, I don't listen to because I go to church. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Of course. Know, there are people out there that... Like the 70s, like funk music. Like yes, yeah, Those yeah, guys, yeah. the bass on that stuff is crazy. Or in between I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to find it. I know right. it exists. I'm going to find it, and you're gonna, your mind will an, be blown. An air bass competition? Is I'm that gonna, what you're yes, saying? Yes, I'm going to find it. If you find it, I'll be impressed. Okay, well, that's what they made Google for. Yeah. So go on with your show. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that everybody else shut the episode off, we are going to continue <laughs> on. We're going to plow through here. Uh, so the question we have before us today really has to do with church and um, going to church and why do we have to go to church and do we have to go to church and does God love me less if I don't? Those kinds of things. Am I setting it up good enough? I mean, I know you're Googling, so. Uh, I'm not. I'm messaging a member. Oh. 
I'm which, multitasking. <laughs> you're messaging them. Hey, can you Google some? Can you quick? look up? <laughs> I'm talking to Larry. <laughs> okay, man, does this exist? Right. Uh, but what's the standard? You know, we talked about this a little bit, but we thought uh, we're going to go here today. Uh, at least some For of us. For a minute. Did. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this will be the short episode. Uh, but even what kind of got us there was about people choosing to do other things as opposed to going to church, i.e. like sports, getting their kids involved in sports or even themselves saying, I'm going to the Browns games on today or finding a thousand excuses to not be in church. And then which kind of pushed us to the question of are are we what's the standard? What's the measuring stick? If people aren't in church like old school, if you were in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. That was evidence of the fact that you really love Jesus. Uh, and we maybe have some carryover with that, or maybe we don't. Maybe uh, maybe that is evidence that you really do love the Lord. So that's where we're, where we're landing today. Nate brought it up. He did. I did not bring this up. <laughs> Mike, this is totally you. And then I interjected my opinion. Uh, not my opinion, my concerns, I guess. What's your concerns? <laughs> concerns with my opinion. Well, no, yeah. I think like we, we talked a little bit about like sports and I'm sure we'll get into that, like the sports culture and mindset with parents, but even how that translates over into, you know, teenagers and young adults with, you know, I've, I have other things to do that they may not be important things to do, but I've got, I got to go take a walk at six o'clock <laughs> on right. Sunday night. I got to, I got to take a walk. I got to go to the store. And, uh, and then, you know, the, you know, my response, I feel like the past couple of weeks has been, uh, you'll be at what is important to you. But then we come back to this idea. Is that, is that the measuring stick? Is that what's important? So maybe the question is, so what constitutes church? That's so like question. if we say this, cause if we all are in agreement, like we've gone through real life discipleship and stuff like that, uh, you start hearing these, an infant or a child would say things like, you know, my church is in the woods or why do I have to go to church kind of thing. And so that brings us around to, well, do you have to go to church? And I think we would agree because we work at church that we want you to go to church, but are we imposing culture? Are we imposing things on people uh, that shouldn't be like, what really constitutes church? What does that even mean when it comes down to it is, the Sunday morning, if you're not there on Sunday morning, you haven't done your duty as a, as a Christ follower. I guess maybe the question is, why do we want, why do we say in our current context, why do we want you to be there? Yeah. Mike? <laughs> Too busy looking for airbase. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, no. um, in our current context, though, like w- we say that we want you to be there. Why, why do we say that? Because I like preaching to a full room. <laughs> Which is true. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, we talked about that. Like it's so, so for my family, I think about it that way. Like, so of course we work at the church and therefore we're at a lot for the church. We're basically at everything yeah. that the church does. So it is uh, the hub of our culture, you know, and like our, our lifestyle is lived out through the rhythms, even of the calendar of the church. And we find that, uh, to be, good and it's beneficial for us and the more we've gotten involved in even before we were in leadership we always viewed moving from one church to the next as a level of getting more involved we were at a large church where it was kind of difficult to get involved we moved Mm -hmm. to a smaller church where we were able to get into a care group and serve 
And then, you know, we ended up here and obviously we're serving, like I said, but we are in care groups. We, you know, I'm in discipleship groups. I'm in leadership meetings. Everything I do is basically centered on the church and my faith. And that to me is beneficial. So truly there's a place where I'm like, this is better than any of those other things. So when I look at the word of God, it's pretty clear that these things, everything we're valuing (laughs) is going to pass away everything outside of our faith mm-hmm. you know sports um our jobs um any of that stuff the activities that we're so drawn to and things that we belong to those are they're going to pass away but sure. yet our faith remains so you know so what's church though i didn't know that was the question well that was, was kind of the question i was on my phone yeah it's kind of the yeah. question well meaning what like, is church like we're trying to set this baseline i mean I, you're, you're, I have an answer yeah but you were talking I mean, you were talking along those lines but Right. I believe I believe that I used an example before the show of we have a young adult ministry, people that don't come to yeah. our church come to that. And so they have a gathering a weekly or, or more sometimes, depending on what is going on in our calendar, a gathering with other people who believe in God to pray together, to worship together and to study together. And I think that their young adult group for those people is church. Mm-hmm. It's belonging to a group of other believers, you know, worshiping God together. And so is is life groups, community groups, care groups, is that enough? Like if we'd ripped everything, we stopped doing Sunday morning and we just did a series of, of life groups. Like sometimes I wonder, <laughs> and we talked about this a while ago, but I think we kind of run this machine because it's kind of what we inherited. Yeah. Why do we do what we do? Well, and is it right? Is it wrong? Does I mean, it, I, mean I guess I would ask you about your care group, then, you know, your structure. I think that matters. We call them life groups because whatever you call them, they breathe life. <laughs> okay. We don't well, care about your <laughs> life group. I mean, do they meet every week? Uh, probably generally every other week. Okay. Depends. So depends. So, and not everybody, it's not a hundred percent involvement. If I look at acts two, sure. But we don't live in that culture. Yeah, I know that's a great excuse, isn't it? But I'm saying, like, but we, but we, do you pull your money together? Do you go and sell property and then get let's just talk about and- gathering? <laughs> let's just talk about gathering. I'm just saying they met together daily. Sure. So now we're like we meet together biweekly. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a problem with that. Sure. So, but, hear but but then do we on Sunday morning? Do we meet daily? What's up? But you're saying it says they met daily, and so there's a problem with groups then. But then we right. we meet weekly at church, so the difference is is whether it's weekly or biweekly, right? Well, so the ultimate desire would be that your church, your your son, for me, our Sunday gathering would be a gathering back of the groups, sure, life groups, whatever they are, or even smaller. Like, what's a life group? Is a group? Is it twelve people? Does it yeah, be less? Twelve or, or less. So twelve or Roughly. less. But you also then hopefully within that have tighter connections yeah. with other people where right. you're daily engaging, whether sure. it's text messaging, phone calls, however that is, you're interacting with these people. And so, then on Sundays, we all gather back to worship the Lord, which so, changes things. So then is the Sunday re- required then? I never, first of all, have I said that the Sunday? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm he's, asking. He's, he's I'm interviewing just, Why are you trying to get me to that asking. point? <laughs> no, I'm just asking. Because you're talking and now I get to ask questions. And for, I get as to, far as I know, we've got a long way to go in this podcast. I was trying um, not to get there, but no, we can go there. Sundays are not required, but they should be. Why do we are, act like they do? Though? Well, I don't know that we, I don't know that we do out here. I think this is. No, think about it though. 
Even stuff that we've talked about, there is this expectation yeah. there is. that you're there on Sunday. Right, because it's good for you. But is Why it, is it good that's for me? different. Expectation. Is it good? For, is it better for me to be there? Or if, if somebody says, look, I have, I have time because I'm, I'm, I work and whatever, I, I want to connect with people because I really care. I can either go to a care group or I can go to church on Sunday. Which one am I supposed to go to? I would say that's a, care a group. false premise. Is Why? What I would say. Well, give me the example that they can't be I, there. I would hold on. One, <laughs> I feel really bad. You're in like the hot seat right this second. I'm all right. I like <laughs> yeah, the hot yeah, he seat. doesn't care. Um, I'm ready to prompt. <laughs> I would I would say <laughs> care group. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna walk away now. <laughs> Mike needs a moment. Um <clears throat> two things come to mind. One, I would say care group. Because life group, <laughs> care group, a group. <laughs> I would say group. Yeah. Because I think what really matters most is that that sense of community, a community sure. of people that follow Jesus, that come together, that can meet daily and that have a connection mm-hmm. daily. And it's not just uh, a consuming of what we do on Sunday, because like you said, I feel like we have inherited sure. a lot. And I feel like if you even look at the historical church going back further, like maybe Reformation, like that that time period, it was a place where you almost went for... Uh, Church ordinances and sacraments and uh, all of these. Diff- uh, I'm trying to think what what's the what's the word I'm looking for. Communion. Uh, can, well, no, communion. But it was a place that you went to to participate in teaching and um, church ordinances, all those different things. I feel like we've kind of migrated to a modern, maybe a modern version of that, where mm-hmm. we go and we consume and participate in uh, religious. Goods and services. I don't know what you want to call it. I'm struggling for words Temple. here. Uh, struggling for words here. But we've almost migrated to a modern version of that. And the, but here's the problem. The problem is, thank you, and then you open it up and we see all the people. Uh, Nobody sees what Mike's doing. That's doing here's the church. Here's the steeple. Um, yeah. So herein, though, comes the problem. Is I feel like people in our context, us three, and then people that have grown up in church, grow up in a certain... Worldview, a certain paradigm, I guess you could say, and that this is how they see it, and it's totally normal. But then now we have a whole other generation that's come around that there's definitely been a very large... They're in a different different worldview, a different paradigm, whatever you want to call it, and they see what we do, and like, no, 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 what? That doesn't make any sense. Connection makes sense for them. Sure. But maybe not this thing and these things that we do. I don't know. I'm just saying things. I'm trying to brain dump a little words, bit. Words, 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 words. words. Does any of that make any sense? Yeah. Am I, oh, yeah. Is anything sticking? Yeah. Because I'm trying to figure this out. I'm curious what your answer is. Because then you said I had a false dichotomy or it was incongruent or false some prem- word. False premise. <laughs> uh, you're assuming that it's still not a choice. So if you're asking me, if somebody has a choice and they're asking me that question, I'd say you should be at both. Because it's spiritual. What if I'm not at both? If you're not at both, I'll think less of you than you're going to hell. Um, Uh, No, I I do think on a fundamental level that there is a concern when you look at most people's lives and the choices they make and the time management where they invest, that it seems obnoxious to think that they can't make an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday morning. And a care group every other. But week. we're equating that with spirituality. We're equating that with walking with Jesus. We're equating that with being. There's a very rare case 
or two where I see somebody that's so involved in their ministry to people. They have a visitation type thing and they're always out serving other people that I go, I get it. They're, that's, they're, they're doing their thing. The majority of people, it's very hard to believe that it's not a spiritual problem when they don't want to gather. I mean, that's the root cause. Now, would I say they're not going to heaven? No, that was a joke, by the way, earlier. <laughs> do I, I didn't you, know that was a joke. Do you have to, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Do you yeah. have to go to church to be saved? No. You, know, you never have to enter a church building to be saved. However, if you're part of the body and you're maturing in your faith, there should be a desire in you to be like, where else would I want to be on a Sunday morning? So... Go ahead. What do you think that people get? I don't, let's say person X comes on Sunday morning. What are they getting out of Sunday morning? If I'm preaching. What, why, is it so, <laughs> why is it so beneficial? Um, for one, the Bible would say that we should be together and that when they gather with other saints, that the Spirit of God dwells in each of us. So gathering and community and connection. Fellowship. Fellowship, all those worship. things. Worship. Worship okay. of God, which is very hard to find people. They'll say, well, I listen to worship music in the car. Is that the same as actually directing your thoughts, mind, heart, attention to God and worshiping him? I think there's benefit in that. And then the teaching of God's word is commanded and it's good and they need to be taught and, and hear God's word as well. So I think uh, there's an opportunity to minister to one another. There's a serving opportunity, which we lack severely in our church. The people, I mean, if you think about how low we're setting the bar, we're like, do they have to be here? <laughs> Let alone we've got probably five people that have been teaching kids church sure. for 20 years in a rotation. Well, you might have a church of a couple hundred. So I think there's, it is a spiritual problem. It's not a salvation problem, but it's a spiritual condition when you don't want to be with believers. Yeah. But I don't problem. think, I don't think, here's the problem though, is I think there's a lot of people out there that would go to a life group that would be connected but are very spotty on a Sunday morning that would not say, I don't want to be, it's not that I don't want to be around believers. And that's not necessarily the reason. Well, I would ask what they're doing. If, if this is a real life scenario. This is real life, yeah. And we're having this conversation yeah. and they said that, I'd say, so what are you doing? So give me some scenarios of what you've heard. Because I've been told, uh, I just like to have coffee and relax. It's my one day I watch online. Yeah, watch and online. I, and, I, and I watch online, which is probably not. But I not. do my community. I have a care group, so I'm wa I'm right. watching online, and then we, right. we connect on Monday nights. Right. I worship right along <laughs> on my porch with my cup of coffee. Right. And I'm focusing my thoughts. Yeah. Whatever you're saying. You're, trying, you're about to get us back into our old I know that was. I, this feels like deja vu a little bit. What will come? What do you think? Uh, about, about whether about this a little bit online church is a substitute, <laughs> which we which my, I think we can go there. My That's part of this. My position is very well known. And, <laughs> And supported by the smartest of our listeners. <laughs> the most well, spiritual. I mean, I don't know why we're... I guess what I'm saying is, if I look at it in the sense of, if we're supposed to shepherd people, and okay. we're supposed to be leading them toward Christ, is it a bad thing to put the expectation that they would commit that time to gather? Is there I, don't, a, I don't think it's a bad thing, but is it the best thing? What's the best thing on that I don't. Time? I don't Because uh, you're definitely not no, going to do anything else with them. And the majority of your church, I'm serious, the majority of your church, the people they fellowship with, probably the rest of their care group or majority of their care group, they're going to be at your building that morning. So what's better that they're doing that morning? I'm not. I can turn around. You can be in the hot seat now. So like, what's not, better? Let's make the argument. First of all, I've been defending the argument they should be on, there. Why don't you guys on, defend on, the on. argument they shouldn't? Go ahead, pastors. We're exploring this thought. 
Uh, I'm not That's saying. That's cute. Now we're exploring the thought. When it was me, I'm I was not, on the hot seat. Hold on. I'm not saying <laughs> that they should not be there on Sunday morning. I guess what I'm trying to get back That's to. That's what you've been saying last time. Is, yeah. is, are we making the best use of this time slot on Sunday morning with what we're doing? So now are you making a case for like, let's take the church outside the building on Sunday morning and I'll go serve? No. For no. home church? No, but what we're doing on Sunday morning, if people that are involved in life groups are and are connected with other people, finding community, are growing spiritually in their daily walk, which are all things that we're called to do as people that follow Jesus outside of the context of Sunday morning. If those people look at what we do on Sunday morning and they say, I don't see that as being important enough for me and where I'm at in my spiritual life to make it a priority, I would ask, man, what maybe is wrong with the way we see what we do on Sunday morning and how maybe do we need to shift what we do on Sunday morning for where, where culture is, I guess. If that makes sense. I so badly want to give you credit there, but yet the, <laughs> the problem I have is maybe I'm cynical from being in church leadership long enough, and I found that the most mature believers and I'm not throwing myself even in that ring, but the most mature p- believers are people that will, they value the gathering so much that they don't care what the structure is. What does it mean to be a mature believer? This is where where my head goes they in all this. see the desire, the, the, the word of God, there is a picture of being brought in as sons and daughters into the family of God, into the fellowship of God, and to make him known. And they see in the early church, for one, I was going to ask you guys too, if you're going to take the opposite position, I'd love to see a biblical example of somebody who grew in isolation. Because even Paul had we're, a, a But we're not saying, no I'm not saying isolation, isolation okay. at all. It's well, not what I'm saying. But you, in a sense, you are. Like, I don't think you guys are hearing this because you're saying they're growing, but I'm saying, okay, all you've given me so far that I know of community in this hypothetical scenario sure. of people that don't exist right now <laughs> is that they go to- <laughs> well, a, I'm sure they exist. They go to a care group twice a month. So you- at very least, I can say they're here. There's a means of gathering. There's a means of connection. There's a means of seeing where they are. And is it important enough to say in my Monday through Sunday with all the hours I have, I will be here, right? Regardless of where I am spiritually, I'm going to come here. Now, what I'm saying is for those people, when they, when I, when you go down the road, you just went down. I've been in those rooms where they start to say, well, you know, the songs are too long. You sing too many. They're too emotional. The sermons are too short. The sermons are too long. You use the reference to the movies and the sermons. When I hear all that stuff, that's a spiritual problem in that person, because I can sit in the same church and in my flesh go, I cannot stand that. Like, I don't like this song. I don't like you know, the way they're approaching this passage or whatever. And when that comes up in me, I would say to myself, like, Lord, forgive me because that's not the, I'm not here just to be entertained. Sure. I'm here. Let me see a deeper level of belonging. What what you see though, is that that's a, as you, as you know, that's a spiritual child, somebody that's like focused on me, what I want. You, you don't feed me. Yeah. The worship is this, the preaching is that, the temperature is this, and it's all about me, then you know that you're dealing with a spiritual child. And, and what I would assert is, or that's a good word, uh, is that our goal should be to make disciples who make disciples. Like we should start with that so that that would then govern all that we do. In other words, you start with the end in mind and say, how do we get people to that? 
not just saying, well, then we got to do this and we got it Sunday morning and then Sunday night and then Wednesday night. And then, cause that's what we always do. How do we help get people from being spiritual infants to spiritual parents who are disciples who are making disciples? How does that happen? And what role do we play? What role does Sunday morning play in that? What role does care groups play in that? What role does anything we do play in that? Because I think what happens is we can get so focused on doing the business of church and keeping this machine running that we forget the big picture is that we're supposed to be making disciples who make disciples. It's my turn. Yeah, it's your turn. Oh, I didn't know if he was going to talk. No, I'm still, I'm, I'm, okay. he's formulating. I'm formulating. Yeah. Well, my, my knee jerk awesome reaction to something like that is to say, that's sure we can analyze everything, but the fact that we're even considering this as a, potentially not the best thing to do in that time is kind of foolish to me. Like, I mean, the more I'm sitting here and I'm trying to be fair and I'm going like, I get what you're saying, but that person, part of their discipleship process should be, if it says nothing else, if Sunday morning does nothing else and says nothing else, it says set aside time for the Lord. Sure. Nothing else. Like nothing can put that time right there and say, nothing gets in the way of that time. Unless we're out of town, whatever, we are going to go there. If it's nothing other than that discipline of saying we're going to start our Sundays by going to church, then that's part of, to me, that's part of discipleship. And it's important. So once a week is good enough. Yes, that's what I just said. (laughs) But my argument, my other argument to you is, as you were saying, that is, are you equipped to disciple everybody in your church? Absolutely not. No, and neither am I. Right. So... We're not going to know that. We're not even going to probably touch base with the people that we hope are discipling the other people in our church. But when we all gather, there is an opportunity that we're all in the room, at least to make a connection, at least to have a visible representation of what's going on in our church. And then hopefully we are dispersing people to Monday through Saturday, living that out. But I think the number one tool, the first step into sliding back in our faith or whatever is always isolation. Mm. This is the very, the most subtle step. And it can be right here face to face with Nate. I'm going to choose to isolate and withhold some of my words. And then I'm going to choose to remove some of my emotions. Are you able to do that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm going to remove some of my emotions. And then I'm going to find reasons not to be around Nate. And then I'm going to not see Nate for a while. And then it's just going to keep growing and growing and growing. And that's the way. And then there'll be people you'll be like, man, they haven't been to church in two years, like, or six months or whatever. You know, they pop up and they're like, what happened? Well, it starts with isolation. So is there connection? Does it have to be Sunday morning? No, it probably should be something deeper than that. I mean, obviously, we all structure our churches to have care groups and discipleship groups, and we try to get people into these smaller and smaller groups so there's a higher level of accountability. But to me, I guess what I'm speaking against more is less you guys and more the culture that's starting to say, like, you know, the newer generations, like, let's reimagine church. Okay, we can reimagine how we do some things, but what about this? What if as the culture continues to change, the steadfastness in which we hold to gathering starts to become more of a declaration of our faith and more of a countercultural movement than changing the church to fit culture? Yeah. So, you know, sticking our heels in at times, Changing the the in you know the workings of it, but saying this part we're not going to cave on the regular gathering weekly and thinking that's important. That is becoming countercultural, and that biblically isn't a bad thing. I don't know. What I'm pushing for is yeah. clarity. That's all. 
from a <laughs> leadership. Not get that from me. No, from a leadership standpoint, I'm I'm really pushing for. Except that I clearly think we should gather on Sunday. <laughs> but what if it's a Saturday night? You just mean once a week. Work. Yeah. Does once a week not matter? No, yeah, I'm asking. No, no, once a week is, yeah, I think it's helped. That's why I gave the example of a young adult group. We, you know, when I started that, I was like, let's just do every other week or whatever. And one of the young adults was like, no, we have to gather every week. If this is going to be a ministry, we sure. need to see each other at least once a week. We need to get here and connect and see what's going on in each other's lives. And so I go like, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty low bar, but at least it's a bar, <laughs> you know, versus yeah. when we feel like it or when we happen it, to get it together. So. It, I'm not saying that we should not gather once a week. That's not. I already tweeted out that you did. Yeah. Appreciate Can you that. believe that at Nate Walker? <laughs> what I'm saying is that there's a lot of people, tons of people, who for the past 25 years, have, I know, I've been, have waiting been there for this. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, three times a week, have come there. Sat, Don't Saturday morning. Uh, Saturday morning, yes, as well. So winning. Yes. Who have sat there and been there and been in it. And who have not grown at right. all and are no further connected, but they're there because they're checking that box. So my question is, is how can we separate what happened to them and keep that from happening to somebody else? Because that is not, it's not what it's well, about. Well, it begins at this table in a very real sense. If we're pastors and, and overseers of those ministries, it starts with us of making sure right. that we're not just keeping the machine going, but how is it goes back to what I'm saying? How do we, how do we make spiritual parents? It's not stuffing their faces with scripture, making them spiritually fat, but helping them to walk that out, working toward transformation, really beginning with application. And it has to make the vision really, it, it, at least in some part begins right here to say, we're not going to keep doing what we're doing and getting the same results we've gotten. And we really have to be focused on discipleship. I mean, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that was, that's what I was thinking. Like, so what do you do with the people that have been there 25 years and they're not growing and they're not doing it? You know, you that's a problem. Personally, when that stuff happens, I go, well, I've been here 10 years. Am I true? 11 now. So 11 of those years, I'm respons- I'm partly responsible for that. Yeah. They have a personal responsibility to God, but I have a responsibility to kick him in the butt right now and then and say, like, look, you're here every week, but you're not growing. You're here every week, and when you help out, you're a tyrant, and your <laughs> attitude is horrible, and we can't let that happen. Like you know, and we need to we need to figure this out. And too often, we're fr- it's hard. I mean, it's so hard to have. We had a like we had an example. We had a guy just sign up to want to serve in the nursery. He's got a child, little child, and um, he has learning disabilities, mm-hmm. and he has his anger response mm. at times, even with his own child is a concern that he shared with me. The people serving didn't know that. Um, and so I see his name come across for a background check and I'm like, we can't, even if he passes the background check, we can't do this. So I had to go to him and that's not fun. Like he wants to serve. So I had to go to him. And, um, before I did, I talked to the trustees cause I'm like, well, he wants to serve, right? That's what he's saying. And we just got to be able to tell them that. And I was, I had to have that conversation. Like, hey, man, we can't have you in there just because, you know, we got to protect the kids. And I know sometimes you have a hard time with your with your temper. You know, yeah. you react, and so. But there's these guys, and they do projects, and they work, and I, you look, you know, and so you have to, you know, those are hard conversations. Yeah. But guess what? 
that's kind of what unknowingly, I think that's what we signed up for. Yeah. Just like sitting with somebody when their child dies is a horrible moment that everybody else would love to run for the hills. We don't have that out. So if there's people sitting in our church that are not growing, then that's on us. Yeah. It's on them. I get it. They have a part, but we, we play a role in love. We need to say, you've been here a long time. Like, you know, like where, what's God doing? Even start with that. Like, you know, we tend to avoid them. Mm-hmm. We don't even say like, let's get coffee or have them over for dinner and just have conversation. Cause for, again, for all we know to the whole premise of your argument, we don't see it here, but they're involved in 14 sure. things that we just yep. somehow, somehow we didn't know about it, but they are. Yeah. And you go, Oh, and I've had that. I've had moments where like I superficially judged people and then we get to talk to them. They're like, well, my mom and dad are both, you know, in their 80s and we're taking care of them. And my my neighbor has cancer and we've been going over and doing Bible study and praying with them. And you're like, oh, I'm a jerk. Which goes (laughs) back to relationships. It goes back to community and the importance of that. And so even as leaders then saying what really matters is important, that relationships are important, community is important. Coming together as a body is important, but with the ultimate goal that we want to either lead people to Jesus or lead people, we, I'll say taking steps toward Christ or toward Christ likeness, we ultimately want people to be born again. And we ultimately want them to move from being an infant, because that's where they start after being right. born again, to being a spiritual parent. And that everything that we do should drive people to that, that end. And so it's being willing to say... Uh, because Andy Stanley, I think we've said this on the podcast before, is that you are perfectly set up to get the results that you're currently getting. Right. And so if you have people that come in and for 20 years can just plant themselves in a, in a chair and listen to you and, and their lives are not changed, we got to do something about that. Right. We, even now they could say, no, 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 I'm good, but we have to do our due diligence to say, but we want something better for you because God wants something better for you. But they have to be faithful, available, teachable too. We can't just be like force them into doing these things. They have to be hungry for that. And, and that's partly, I think, on them and it's partly on God. Uh, but we have to do our, our part in that, which is what you're saying, calling it out or at least encouraging or challenging, speaking truth in love. Uh, but we ha- <clears throat> I guess where I, where I fall in this whole thing is church is important. Gathering is important. But I want it to be important, not for us to be able to say, oh, good, we can have a paycheck this week. I don't want it to be important because, well, look, you're supposed to do church on Sunday at 1030 or 11 o'clock. That's what's and you're supposed to be here. And if you're here, I feel better about your spirituality than the fact that you weren't here. That to me, it's a it's a higher level issue of, okay, they haven't been around, which that's concerning. But why haven't they been around and getting into their lives and knowing, oh, yeah, well, they're dealing with a sick this or there's a struggle or they're like, hey, COVID and I got a good excuse for everything. And and then you have to respond accordingly. But I think it's 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 putting together a ministry that leads people to being spiritual parents. So, I mean, the, the sad, not sad, the difficult reality is. A discipleship culture is a hard thing to establish. Sure. And but you have one. Right now you have one. Yeah. You are making right, disciples. Right. It's, a, it's a bad one. Right. <laughs> I mean, we all struggle with it. We're never gonna do it perfectly. Right. And that's not saying that we don't have I mean, I would say if I had to put a ballpark number on it as Nate's microphone falls apart. Shocker. Um, <laughs> if I had to put a ballpark number on it, you know, we have around 
half of the people that attend our church are in either a care group or some form of serving and on a committee or something like that. So that leaves a lot of people Mm -hmm. that are not. And we're taking steps to increase that because I think as I got into the further I got into like leadership, I realized this is impossible if we don't establish leaders like sure. And even in student ministry, it was like I was floundering for a long time. And, uh, you know, we had, um, when Aaron came mm-hmm. and then, uh, another guy, Tim, he mm-hmm. came around and then there was a gentleman that had been here for a while named Mark. And then you throw in spouses of people yeah. like all of a sudden I was like, Oh wow, we have a team. Yeah. And we were able to take this large, at that time it was a much larger group that we were reaching in the schools, yeah. you know, like that at these clubs. And then they started showing up at events and we were able to, Hey, you take this group, you take this group, check out on them. That picture is really great. Yeah. Um, it's not foolproof. A lot of those kids that were there just kind of dropped off, you know, and that, that happens. We right. we live through that. You've lived long enough. You watch people come into your yeah. church and go out, and sometimes you can put it on you. A lot of times you're just like, no. I mean, we we reached out, you know. They just people are in different places, but having a a culture. My desire to see everybody in church on Sunday morning is actually based on having a culture that they gather outside. You know, because I want to see that start to elevate to the point where their church, their life group, care group becomes like their church body. Right. Because they're going to know what's going on better and they're going to be like, hey, if they're moving, they may not have to call us here and say, hey, I need people because their life group is going to be like, oh, you guys are moving in a month, right? Let's get that taken care of. And so as that happens, it will, the necessity to gather and worship corporately will feel we'll feel that desire because we're gonna be like, yeah, we have this group, but man, it'd be really good to be with everybody. If that makes so sense. that goes back to my unfounded or whatever <laughs> you, oh, what did you say? You said un something, uh, false premise, false premise, <laughs> because I guess what I was, what I was hitting at is, is I would, I would think that you would say, and I would say that of all the things that are most important, if somebody's going to connect in, that they would connect into that place and then ultimately see like, Oh, I want to be a part of this because it's hard. Like you walk through these doors and it's, there's fear. There's like, I don't know anybody and I'm going to sit down and these guys are weird and I have no connections. But if I have a relationship, I can feel a little better about coming in. But so if I was going to choose to say, come to church or say, connect in a life group and you're going to give me one of those options. I think if they connect in a life group, they're going to be more apt to connect in a church because they have people like, uh, because they're going to be like, Hey, come with me to church. But I get so, I get that life groups are whatever. Random <laughs> question. This is probably a whole other topic. I don't know if I should start it. But <laughs> well, what's your good. favorite color, everybody? Um, Let's start there. Should the intake focus of church be Sunday morning or should it be life groups? Well, this is going to sound so contradictory, but my discipleship model is that um, that I've employed in ministry is is the inverse of what most normally are right. coming on Sunday morning is the final place that I like to see people arrive. And I think depending on your church, I think that will change this whole discussion. I think that changes things. Yeah. 
Because you're saying you might have a Bible study or a connection yeah. in a school or, hey, we get together on a Tuesday right. and that's their oh, that's the front door right. to them connecting. Or I coach in. them, our kids right. play sports together yep. and we're sitting yep. next to each other. Then we have yep. dinner, with, then we invite them over, we hang out, our kids play together, we have a bonfire or something like that. Then depending on their age group, you say, oh, we have this uh, Wednesday night Bible study for kids at my house back in the day. Yeah, that's right. That's what we did. And... Uh, or we have this care group that meets a couple yep. times on like they, you know, we're doing a pool party this Saturday and we're going to have Bible study after that. If you guys want to come, want to come to that. And then when people get traction there, yep. then you eventually say, you know, then large events are the other thing. If the church was doing a big event kind of thing, we'll say, Hey, we're going to have a fall fest. Why don't you come out to the fall fest, get familiar with people. And then ultimately we want to see as our relationship with them grows, the last place they land yeah. is here. Well, because you met, you described church as kind of like this coming together of these smaller groups to celebrate. And I don't, I think in theory, that's what even we can think about it in that way, but we don't, we don't run it that way. We don't even frame it that way to people in church. We don't say, Hey, gather in groups during the week and be in each other's life during the week. And we're going to come together and we're going to celebrate. But if that's the case, if that's the vision, then let's cast that vision. And then people would be able to say, Oh, okay. Because I think I'll give you that more to <laughs> more to where you're at, and this is more what I'm saying is, if we're going to be disciples who are making disciples, discipleship doesn't happen in the pew. It happens life on life. It happens at a coffee table. It happens at a wherever. It happens in in people's lives, and so that I am actively doing that. That that's what we want to lead people to do is to make disciples. And so we're, the things that you do and the things that you model, the things that we've done and the things that we model, that's what we want people to do, regardless if they're like, well, I'm not in full time ministry. You don't have to be. You can connect with somebody on a Saturday morning at a Bob Evans, a couple guys or a couple whatever, and, and get together and do a Bible study or go through whatever it is. Uh, and in those building relationships, and you come back and we celebrate together. And, and that's probably more of the the idea that we talk about, but we don't we don't cast that clear vision. But we want we because what has happened is is we make Sunday morning the end all much of the time. Just show up to church. And they lose this idea of what there's bigger than this. I would agree with that. We're closer than we thought. <laughs> You're like, we're actually good. So, I mean, but I think the key is for, uh, for you and for I, and for, for Nate is to model that for people in the church, to teach that for people in the church, like it's part of this discipleship process that they see that we're not the ones doing all the work. But we are modeling for them, yeah, go get a Coke and sit down with somebody, invest in people who are like Zacchaeus, who are like, man, I just, I don't understand this, or I want to, I want to come to church, but I want to, we have a guy in our church right now that, um, very like standoffish and he came to church, he started coming to church and it was great. And, and I think the idea was, well, I'll go to church or I'll go to life group, but I won't go to both. And he went to life group and he loved it. And he's going back to life group and he's going to church. And, but this progression of, of, of that is exciting for me that, but it's about relationships and that's what we got to keep reminding people. We have to keep modeling. We have to cast vision for clearly what is discipleship and discipleship is not necessarily a Bible study. It is help leading people towards spiritual maturity. Can you tell them to go through your life discipleship right now? <laughs> <laughs> they should. Are we getting sponsored? We are. Well, meaning like we're going, we have 10 people in a group on Wednesday nights and it's, it's, yeah. I love it. I love because we have people, there's a lady not to tell on them, but you don't know who it is. Uh, who's like, you know, I was involved in this ministry and involved in this ministry, a parachurch outside of the church ministries. And I felt like God is like taking me out of all of those things and it just didn't make sense. And it's like, she's now we're week three. 
she's like, I think I know why God's doing that because I was supposed to be involved in religion. Cause she was very like Mary Martha, like kind of like right. task oriented. Right. I was doing this stuff, but I wasn't say actively involved in making disciples. And ultimately would be great in our churches is to be able to have an open conversation with, with each other to say, Hey, who are you currently discipling right now? I think that's a great indicator of where people are spiritually if they're spiritual parents, if they could right. say, I'm discipling that person and not like a badge of honor, like I'm so great. But this idea that if you're a spiritual parent, it's because you are parenting, you are investing in that way to disciple people. And if you're not, it doesn't mean that you're a jerk. It's just stop saying that you're spiritually mature. <laughs> stop saying that you're like, oh, right. I'm so if you're not making disciples, then you really aren't where you think you are. If you think that you're all that and a bag of Chips. Chips. <laughs> That's what we want to lead people to. And if we do that, we've done our job. I concur. <laughs> I concur. <sighs> the meeting is adjourned. Yeah, 55 minutes. Yes. Almost 50, 56 minutes. What can we argue about next I week? I know. That's good. It's good. <laughs> Any, I just anything. I just have to wait for my wife to agree with Mike. So, Come validated. on, Kelly. <laughs> be validated. Support me. You gonna do your homework now, dude? You just brought out like a bunch of Manila folders. Who uh, uses folders that are physical anymore? People that break their iPads. <laughs> How about people that <laughs> run their their phones over with their lawnmowers? Oh How about yeah, that? did I yeah. tell you? Yeah, yes. We can't How talk about this because then I'm next. Yes. So How about so we bad. just put the microphones on, bring the camera next week, and we'll physically fight? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have a royal rumble. <laughs> What? A Royal Rumble? No. Well, on that note. On that note, we are so (laughs) glad that you're We're obviously coming (laughs) off the rails, so let's just end it now. I'm 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 multitasking, and that's not working well at all. Boy, that looks really old school. It's it's really... Did your grandparents make that? It's really... I'm going to say something I regret if you don't end this podcast (laughs) right now. All right. Well, don't forget that we love to hear from you. Uh, email, you. yeah, most of you, not really, but Vinny one bag person. Of <laughs> it's bag of dough butts. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. He just said dough butt. That sounds like an insult from back in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, dough butt. Yeah, uh, but we'd love for you to uh, to leave us a voicemail because then we can really. I mean, we can we can e- read emails like we have. But if you uh, want to leave us a voicemail, you can do that at Anchor.fm forward slash desperate dash pastor, not pasta. Uh, but I'm sure you can find us pretty easy. It's usually in the link in the, uh, in the post as well. So join in the conversation. Let us know uh, what you're thinking and how you disagree with Mike and how you agree with Nate and I. That would be... <laughs> That's great. would be awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, please do that. <laughs> <laughs> but my wife will agree with you. Good. That's all I need. That's all you need. All right. Any last words? Well, until next time. Bye. Bye.